0: You are listening to Potato Candy Network. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Marie, a.k.a. Queen in Yellow. This is a new segment here at Blank Scenario, uh, being very originally called Blank a Monster. In these episodes, I am going to be presenting two or three monsters in the Monster Manual, And my ideas on how to use them in scenarios. I'll try to be finding some underused monsters as well as some new ways to use some very common ones. And I'll be working from A to Z. So we're going to be starting at the beginning of the alphabet this week with the letter A. So our first monster, just to jump right into it, are angels. Now, angels are kind of common on a lot of scenarios because, well, if you have a cleric or a paladin, you want to send a divine messenger... And most people know what someone coming down from the heavens with wings looks like. There are a couple different types of angels. You have Devas. Then you have the planetars. And at the top, you have Solar, according to at least the main monster manual for 5th edition. Obviously, there are probably a lot more. And, of course, with Descent into Avernus being one of the, the um, more recent campaigns for Wizards of the Coast, there are probably are a couple ways to use them in there. I haven't read that campaign, so I'm going with my own ideas. <laughs> For angels, I want to focus specifically on devas. Um, Angels are, in the Monster Manual, described as lawful beings, at least, for the most part. Even if they serve a chaotic deity, they are at least lawful. And they are good, for the most part, again. They act as messengers. Uh, One thing the Monster Manual says that I like is they are sent not to serve, but to command. So if your players encounter an angel... It is not there to serve them. They are there to serve it, which is a very interesting dynamic to throw at your players. Davis, as well have the ability to shapeshift at will. So Davis can be literally anyone in the world. It can be any animal in the world. So it's very easy to just throw Deva in there as an afterthought if you need it or even in plain sight. There are also fallen angels. Now angels are supposed to be able to have a complete moral compass that can't be destroyed they are able to seem to hearts people, but they, like everything else, can be taken down. So they are able to fall through deception and pride and commit so-so-so-to-speak so evil acts. This means that you have an all-powerful being that can't die from old age, doesn't need to eat and sleep, but is cut off from his deity. Another fun thing with angels to keep in mind is actually from the 3.5 Monster Manual. They are described as vengeful and easily provoked, which means you have a all-powerful being with a supposedly infallible moral compass that is very easy to get into a fight with. With all this in mind, here's a couple scenario ideas I have for Davis that you can use in your games. The first deals with the idea of the fallen angel. Now, this is an angel that has failed a quest because it was tricked, it fell to its own hubris, whatever it was, it failed in its quest. And is now asking the party for help. What this means is the party has a chance to get a very powerful ally. Whether the angel is redeemed through this quest is irrelevant. All it has to do is just have the party help it out. You know, fulfill the quest as much as you can. And now they have an ally they can call upon that owes them, so to speak, that they have proven themselves to. And if this Deva is redeemed in the eyes of his god, that means that they have that divine connection they can call upon. So that's a very easy side quest to kind of throw into it, especially if you're trying to run a campaign where your players need to build up allies. That's a really good ally to offer them. Another scenario idea is that they can receive aid from an angel on a quest. But they find out that the end goal of this angel, or this Deva, conflicts with the party's goals are or their morals. Basically, Angel shows up and says, I've been sent to help you defeat this great evil. Great. They show up. The party doesn't want to kill the great evil. The angel has been tasked with that by its deity. This could be because the god is a very black and white deity that doesn't offer forgiveness. It could be an angel from a god that is basically in opposition to your party. Maybe if you're a cleric because you're doing a goal, a different god has sent this angel to stop that goal. But now they have that conflict of this angel has helped them. They know how powerful these guys are, and they have to decide are they going to fight the Deva that they have been running with this whole time, or do they just step aside and let the Deva do its business and no problems? It creates a really interesting conflict within the party and a potential ally, while also asking the party, How committed are you to your goals and your morals? The final scenario idea for a Deva is actually a social one. And this is simply an encounter on the path. To somewhere. Probably either in between major quests or at least, you know, in between minor ones. The party can encounter Dave on the path to whatever goal they're on and the Dave can make some claim about one of them being bad. Because again, angels can see sort of the hearts of people. They know what they are about. If you have a rogue in your party, could be fun to say, hey, rogue, you're a bad person. could also be really fun to do this to a cleric or paladin. Now, It's not there to fight them. That's not its mission, which means it won't unless the party again starts to fight. But this can be a really fun way of causing some inner party tension because now you have potentially this righteous person who's been accused of being unrighteous. And you don't know where this David came from. You don't know where he's going to show up again. And he could basically be the old woman in the road that you offer help to who then turns on you. So that's a really fun way of just introducing a minor encounter with something very powerful that makes your party question someone in their group. Or could even make the person question themselves if you have anything in their backstory that maybe they've hidden. Um, if you have anyone who has a secret backstory, I'm trying to redeem myself, that could be a really fun way of bringing this out. So that's three ideas for the devas. Next, working our way through with this little section of Monster Manual, we have animated objects. Now, these are really common. You have the idea of the flying sword with Excalibur, with a sword that just pops up, starts fighting you. No one has to hold it. You have the ruckus mothering, which has been in a lot of campaigns. I think Critter Coral even has this several times pop up. A lot of fun ones. But the one I want to focus on is animated armor. This is something that is, again, very common in a lot of games. Skeletons coming to life. Armor sitting in a corner that also attacks you. Very common trope. Now, the thing with an animated armor enemy is an empty shell. It's not very tough. So, again, you can adjust the stats for these encounters if you need to. And they're slow, but they're persistent. They don't stop in their goal. They're given a task, and it does that task. It's basically one step down from an um, automaton. And these can also be enchanted with script. So you can give it a speech. This is where you have the idea of a riddle giver. Or a person asking for a password. Or, well, a suit asking for a password, I guess. It looks like a person. But rarer suits are even able to carry in a conversation. So think of it as something like Jarvis. That's technically not sentient, but is sort of an AI. So to twist the trope of an animated armor on its head, I've got two options for you. The first is a hunter. Now, animated objects are immune to anti-magic, in a way. They cannot be destroyed by it, but it will throw them off temporarily. Which means if you bump this armor stat to where rather than 18 hit points, it has 50 or even more. Or sorry, 33 hit points if you want to get 50 or higher, depending upon the level of your party. You can make this thing very tough and make it follow them. So they break into a dungeon, they steal an object. This armor has been tasked with watching this object. Now, it is following them to retrieve this object, screaming at them, thief, thief, thief. This is going to real awkward when they walk into town this thing is still following them because they haven't destroyed it, and her magic doesn't stop it. So it's a constant nuisance that is following them because it is magically tracking this item that it's going to retrieve, take back, and guard because that is its one task. It's very much a resistance is futile situation where no matter what they do, this thing is going to follow them. The other option is you can actually basically find a talking helmet in a dungeon and this helmet is basically jarvis it has enough magic to it it can carry on conversation to a degree so it's going to request that you take it back to its body so it can fulfill its task of asking for passwords it's not a combatant one so not having to worry about fighting anything once they do this but until it's there it can't open the door to let people in they might have the password they might be able to answer the riddle it's not super complicated but until this thing is reassembled, it can't do its job. And that's what it's trying to do. Now, if they don't find this, the helmet, they can find the body first. You Come to the doorway, you see part of an animated suit of armor attempting to do something. But it can't ask its question, so you can't answer. So now you have to go find the head to bring it back. So you have a scavenger hunt basically in this dungeon. So those are at least two trope breakers, hopefully, for animated armor. And our last monster, under the letter A, are the onk eggs. And I'm hoping I'm saying that right because, man, I cannot pronounce that. <laughs> so onk eggs are described as lurkers in the earth. It looks like a giant praying mantis, but with crab armor is the best description I can come up with. Look it up. It's weird. But they leave tunnels in the earth. They're basically underground. They are described in the monster manual as well as the Bane of Field and Forest because they like to terrorize livestock, because obviously they live in the ground, they tunnel up, they steal a cow, they go back underground. Problem for farmers. But one thing that I found interesting, because at first you might be thinking, well, this is simply go and kill them and you're done, right? Kind of. In the 3.5 monster manual, when it talks about the onk eggs, they actually are beneficial to farmland, because the tunneling systems that they leave behind as they're burrowing underground add air nutrient waste to the land. So there is a sort of symbiotic relationship that can happen here. So two ideas for this one. The first is kind of the obvious that they are tasked with finding creatures stealing cattle. Now, this is basically rather than you dealing with wolves because everyone has to go fight wolves at level one. You fight these guys. So basically think Tremor. They go out. They're watching the field. All of a sudden, cow disappears underground. If they follow it, they realize there's an underground tunnel system of these things that they have to figure out how to fight. So they are in a very confined space with a dungeon crawl, having to fight these things. Now, tags are not especially tough. They only have 14 armor, only 39 hit points. So it's not detrimental. But they are a pretty challenging monster for a party. So depending upon where you're putting the party level at, this could be a bit of a tricky one. And because they can tunnel, that makes it harder to find them. Because you have an entire system you have to get through. The other option that personally I really want to run at some point because it just sounds fun is a hunting season scenario. Basically, the farmers realize that the onkegs are beneficial, but you have to keep population control in check. So every year there's hunting season. So your party can sign up and they can kill so many of these creatures. There is a limit. And it basically acts like a fishing competition that the person who kills the largest one or the most impressive one wins a prize. Everyone else, you get, you know, five gold per head kind of thing, right? Just you get something for killing them and signing up. And as long as you don't kill too many, you're okay. But the biggest one gets a prize. So your party now has to decide, are they going to kill the weak little ones that is going to be easy cash? Or do they try to go after the really big one that's going to be a bit of a tougher fight? So that could be really fun because now they have to decide what fight are they going to want to pick or how many fights because they could kill one that's really big and it's really tough and they're like you know what we're done we're not gonna do it anymore we're gonna try for the competition we're gonna leave it there or they like we're just gonna kill as many as we can everyone sign up individually get as much cash and leave they could also do that but by making it about a hunting season rather than just go and kill them all it makes it strategic so it's not just slaughter everything because once they've killed so many now they can't kill anymore and they might still be stuck in that tunnel So again, think Tremors. (laughs) These things are very tricky to find because they're underground, so once you're in their lair, you have to find your own way out. So those are three monsters. We have the Ankhags, we have the Animated Armor, and we have Devas, under the Angels category. Let me know what you would do with these monsters. Honestly, there's probably a lot more ideas you can do and a lot more ideas people have done with these. And I'd love to run a couple of these as just mini-adventures at some point for myself. So for our next Blank Monster, we will be going through the next letter Alphabet, letter B. And we're just going to keep working our way through. And I will see you guys next time. Bob Spuds here on the scene once again reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some top tensionful, full truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy.